You are now listening to Jubilee Tri-Valley's podcast. Today's podcast is part one of our sermon series entitled Reset. Please enjoy. Louder over here. Everybody say it together. Everybody say reset. reset. Yeah, so just a, this is what I want for you. This is why we're doing this series. We, we actually had something different planned in this slot as we were planning through the, the next few months. And, and I just felt coming into this, what we had wasn't, where I wasn't feeling it. And I thought, where is it that I think really people are at? And I felt like God put this on my heart because really the way that we look at our year many times is we start out in January with high hopes, don't we? And we start out thinking, this is going to be the year. You know, sometimes we get that going and we have maybe New Year's resolutions or maybe they're not resolutions. Maybe they're just kind of goals and things we want to accomplish. And we, we do, we all start the year with these high hopes thinking this is, this, this could be our year. The, the Raiders do this every year at the beginning of their season. They think this is going to be our year and, and, and it never is. But I'm just kidding. I don't even know why those come to me. They come freely though, don't they? It's like they flow straight from the Holy Spirit out of me. So anyway, you, you know, you, but you, you go, you, you start, and, and many times you start out strong and, you know, many times then it just begins to fade or you get off course. And I found that summertime is one of the biggest things that gets us off course. It, it, it's, it's almost like, have you ever driven a car that was out of alignment? Okay, good, everybody. So, yeah, you, you, I don't know about you, I always end up hitting a curb. That's what does it for me. I hit a curb. And then all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, you're going on the highway, you just, keep, you just keep leaning and you have to pull it back. And it's annoying, isn't it? Like, it's the most obnoxious thing in the world and hopefully you go get it fixed. Or maybe there's one of those people that just, you normalize it and you just get used to driving, like, with your hand over here all the time. But, but, but life many times has a drift to it. It has a misalignment to it. It has something that just, and it's not like it jerks you off the road. It's just kind of a slow, steady pull, isn't there? And life pulls you. And sometimes it does that with your finances, doesn't it? Like you, you start out saying, well, we're going to be on budget and we're going to really save and give and do other things. Eh, we just uh, this way. Or maybe it's with our priorities and we start off with our priorities like we're going to really beat it. We're going to knock this doubt. We're going to really buckle down on this and we're going to get, we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to be consistent this year. Sometimes in our marriage, we're like, all right, we're going to put this back together, babe. We're going we're to read this and do this and go to this thing. And we just, does life have a drift to it? And what we all hopefully get now at the end of the summer is an opportunity to do what? To reset. To just kind of take a look and say, okay, this is where we've come for the first eight months, but right now I just kind of want to reset life. And isn't that the beauty is that God gives you the ability to reset? Like, like, I don't know about you, but like, I like playing video games with my kid and my kid has learned the art of reset. And, and reset basically just means this. If I'm losing the game, I can reset that thing before I actually lose. And then the other day we're playing, I we're playing like this golf video game and he's got to get like a certain score and he's on the last hole. And so I think he actually replayed that hole 12 times before he got the score that he wanted so that he could get the prize and the thing and the whatever. And, uh, and I, I helped him do it. So, it's, so the beauty of reset is what we call the grace of God. That God gives you the ability to come to him and begin to not wipe away completely, but at least begin to forgive and to heal those past things or whatever was behind us and give us the opportunity to say, you know what, I can't change the past, but God can reset me right now to pave a new path for my future. That's the beauty of the grace of God. And that's what we want to talk about over the next four weeks is I want to talk to you about four big areas where I want you to have a reset. And the first one is this. 
everybody, I want you to reset your clock. Now, I don't know, when does, does daylight saving end or you fall forward and you spring back or you something, I don't even remember. I just, I let my wife do that for me. But that, that's coming up shortly. But I actually want you to not reset your physical, I want you to reset your internal clock. Are you with me? Let's pray as we talk about this today. So Father, I, I pray, God, that you would help us, that you would speak to us. God, some of us are already locking down, saying I'm not going to be moved. He's not going to change this. He's not going to talk me out of this. God, soften our hearts. God, soften our hearts. What if you might want to do something different with our time? What if you might want to reset our clock? And so God, let your words, God, speak truth into our heart and become a light that guides our path moving forward. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen. Everybody say time. time. Now, I'm going to give you the facts of life real quick. How many of y'all grew up with, with Tootie from the facts of life? That's not, yep, this is not that facts of life. This is a different fact. These are the facts of life that you and I cannot avoid. God has established these facts, these truths, these laws, and no matter what you or I want to do, you and I cannot break these facts. Let me, let me give you one for example. One of the facts of life is this, is that your time is limited. Can I get, I mean, like you have a limited amount of time. You only have 24 hours in a day. You only have a certain amount of days in a year. And you only have a certain amount of time here on planet earth. Every one of us, if we were honest, we would say our time is limited. But we don't typically live like that, do we? Because normally when it comes to our schedule and our time, we keep adding, 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 and there's no subtracting, 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 is it there? But at the end of the day, we all have a limited amount of time. This is just setting the foundation because I'm going to hopefully break open your brain, deposit some scriptures in there, and it's going to change your future. The second one is this, is all of your time is going to be spent. Isn't that true? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I love rollover minutes. Like, I love the fact that if I don't use up all my minutes on my cell phone, that they get to roll over into the next month. Have you ever noticed that you don't get rollover minutes in real life? It's not like, look at all that time I saved, babe. Like you have a bank somewhere and you just got time in it and you got leftover time. Wouldn't that be awesome? But you don't got that. Your time is limited and it will all be spent. Number three and lastly is this, is that somebody is going to determine how you spend your time. Isn't that true? Now, if you spend your own time, you feel much better about yourself. But I'll tell you where life is frustrating. Life is frustrating when other people spend your time. That was a good place to say, Amen. Don't, don't you hate it? Like your boss controls your time. Your kids control your time. Other people dictate your time. Life gets frustrating when other people dictate your time. But, but here are the facts of life that we all have a little bit of time. It's all going to be spent and somebody is going to determine where it's spent. Now, here's the radical notion that I'm going to leave with you today and build on for the next few moments. What if, just thinking here. What if we allowed God to dictate our time? Because most of us don't think like that. We think, well, no, God gave me time to figure out how to dictate my own time. And there's a lot of truth to that. But what if you, what if you flipped the script and turned the table and said, yeah, God, I, I realize that you've entrusted me with time. But actually, before I go use it and spend it and dictate it and determine it, I'm going to seek you first to determine what would be the best use of my time. Because here's, here's what we're all afraid of. We're afraid of what might God do if I gave him all my time. Some of you are afraid that God wants to send you to a hut in Africa. I mean, that's your worst fear right there. 
If I give God everything, he's going to make me a missionary and I'm going to eat bugs. And, you know, that's your worst fear. And then you have all these other ones that, that kind of scale down to, well, he'd probably remove that from me and do that. And then he'd make me do this and I'd have to do this. And you're like, we were so afraid. Can I, I want to encourage you that you can trust your heavenly father with the time that he's given you. I promise you. Because if he really wanted to, he'd just take it from you anyway, right? So you might as well just trust him. Just, just go for it. And here's what I know based on scripture. Here's what I know what would happen if you began to trust God with your time. And it's this one word. Everybody say margin. Yeah, not margarine. Margin. Margin. Do you know what margin is? Margin is the gap between like what you need and what you have. Does that make sense? And some of you don't have any of that, do you? Like margin is like a fantasy. Like, let me give you an example. Like, if, if all your bills, you know, mount up to this, and then that's all you got, you've got no what? You got no margins. But, but margin is the leftovers. It's the extras. It's the above and beyond. And do you know God actually wants you to have margin in your time? Like, some of you, when I talk to you, I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? What's going on? What, you know, I haven't seen you at church in a while. Oh, man, been busy. With what? I don't know, just stuff. Busy. And there's a temptation for all of us to stay busy because we have a fear of saying no. And we just, there's even a fear for some of us. Some of you singles out there, everybody raise your hand if you're single out there. Look around, look around. Okay. You need to check each other out in these moments. (laughs) But if you're single out there, you know what your fear is? Your fear is that if you're not busy, you're not important. Or if you're not busy, you don't got enough going on. Or if you're not busy, people aren't into you or things aren't moving for you. That's the temptation that you have. But can I tell you that your, your heavenly father would love for you to have margin. Some of you moms, mom, raise your hand, moms, moms. Some of you have no margin, none whatsoever. This is why I've come home and I found my wife like hiding in the corner from my children. Like, shh, they don't know where I'm at. And, <laughs> and, and, and you run from this thing to that thing and you got this thing scheduled and you're overbooked and you're always late to everything. And I'm sitting here telling you today that you need margin. And you know what your moms, because I, I, I know you, you will feel guilty if you had time for yourself. Oh, look, look at all the amens coming out now. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's a temptation. Some of you, the, the temptation is, is a little bit different. It, it's, it's that if, if I, as a parent, don't even have my kid into everything, then I'm not giving them all the opportunities that I didn't have or all the opportunities that they didn't. And so therefore you have no margin. And there's this fear. And some of us guys, we're We're worse. We're, we're not, we don't have that motherly sacrifice. Some of us think that if we gave our time to God, that he would take away all of our me time. You know that time that we secretly stash away that our wives don't know about? Why isn't there more laughter coming out of that one? I didn't get no guy amens there. Did you notice that? Like, no guy's like, amen, brother. They're like, shh, don't tell them. I feel like I just broke guy code. I'm sorry. This is for your good, though. I, Stick with me, okay? My, my point is this, is that God wants to build into your life this thing called margin. Here, here's what you need to know. The best moments in life happen in the margin. The most important things in life happen in the margin. Watch this. Go to, go to if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 10 with me. Luke chapter 10, just, I, I'm just going to hopefully just whet your appetite and then I'll throw a few more scriptures at you today. And it gives the idea that, man, there's something incredibly great and profound and amazing that will happen in the margin. But if you don't got, have no margin, it, it might not happen. Luke chapter 10, 
Jesus and his disciples were on their way and they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Everybody say had to. Had to. There's a had to. This is the stuff that just kind of, you know, it'd be good or it'd be nice or it'd be, you know, over the top bonus. It had to be made. And she came to him and said, Lord, don't you care, my sister, no good, lazy bum. Um, she left me to do, I added that part in. Um, she's left me to do the work by myself. Tell her. Tell her to help me. And the Lord responded, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Somebody needs to underline that. Few things are needed. Few things are needed. All the things that you think are needed might not be needed. All the things that you think are absolutely urgent, they might actually not be needed. Or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. If I say better. And it will not be taken away from her. Do you know what? This is the real temptation that we all face when it comes to our time. It's the same temptation that, that Mary had and Martha and the whole dynamic that you just saw here. You know what our temptation is? This is the temptation. I wrote it down for you. Is to accomplish the urgent at the expense of what is important. Doesn't life feel that way? That's why you get stressed, isn't it? You get stressed because you think this has to get done. If I don't get this done, my world's going to fall. I have to. And what you know what you... Here's the shocker. If you really begin to, as we will see, begin to schedule as maybe the Lord would have you schedule, all those things that you think had to get done might actually not have to get done. And you wouldn't actually sacrifice important things for the sake of urgent things. But how many know that's the way we work and that's the way we live? That's how we kind of formulate our life. We begin to look at what's next. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? And then we forget what maybe I ought to do. See, he said Mary had chosen the better. It wasn't that those things weren't good. But see, that's the enemy of great anyway, isn't it? The enemy of great is not bad. The enemy of great is good. And many times going after good things ends up messing up our lives so that we don't get to experience the great things. And then we begin to run on empty. Or then we begin to come up a little bit short and we're just a little bit unhappy and we're just a little bit unsatisfied. And we look at our life and we say, but I got all these good things. Look at all the good things. And I would say, yeah, but do you have the great things? Because the great things happen in the margin. You ever thought about what gets squeezed out of life when you live life on the urgent? What gets squeezed out? I'll tell you what, number one gets squeezed out, rest. How many of you would say, I get enough rest? I am really rested. I am charged up. I totally. No, some of y'all live off of five-hour energy and, and triple lattes from Starbucks. Because you don't have enough rest. Do you know that God is so big on this idea called rest that he actually made his people take a day off? He goes, the rest of the world, they, they work and work and work and will kill themselves to get ahead and kill themselves to have enough. You're going to trust me. And for one day, you're going to do nothing. As a matter of fact, they had all these laws that they had even kind of come up with and added on. that says, you can't do all these things on the Sabbath because this is the day of what? Rest. And some of you guys don't have enough rest in your life. And the reason why is because you don't have margin. And rest happens in the margin. Do you know that not only did, did he schedule uh, rest into their week, he scheduled rest and vacations into their year. They had three times a year where they had to take a vacation. Did you know that? They were called the feast seasons. In the spring, there was three holidays, festivals that they grouped together into one time, and they all took 
a vacation in the summer and then one in the fall. And they all took these times of rest and reflection and communion with God. Because isn't that else, what else gets squeezed out? Think about it. When your time is so run thin and you have no margin, do you spend time with God? No, that's the first thing to go. If your life is busy, you're cutting out devotion time. You're cutting out prayer time. You're cutting out reading the Bible time. That's usually the first thing to go. When if we were all to sit back and just look at it purely logically, we'd say this is the most important part. Because if I do this first, then God can order the rest of my day. And if I do this first, then I have God's presence with me for the rest of the day. And if I do this first, I have God's voice with me for the rest of the day. But usually the first thing that we cut out is not just our rest, but our communion and fellowship with God. Why do we, why don't we, and we would all sit here and say, hey, if we all just took a vote and said, how many of y'all think it's important to spend some time with God every day? Nobody would like, that's stupid. Unless you're an atheist today. Then it would be stupid. But none of us would say that. But yet how many of us are able to truly do that and let that infect and affect the rest of our day? And you know what the last thing is that we lose? We lose quality time with our loved ones. Think about it, when we have no margin and we're running, 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 going, 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 and busy, 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 what do we cut out? We cut out our rest, we cut out our time with God, and we cut out the, the really valuable time with our loved ones. And all of us here, you know, now, now here's the reality of it. These things should be priorities. And, and if we wanted to, I could spend the rest of the day telling you how you need to get your priorities in order, and then we'd all feel better about ourselves, wouldn't we? And we'd really, you'd want to come back next week to hear more, right? No, okay, good. I had a feeling that you would feel like that because I felt like I, I wouldn't want somebody doing that to me. So I, I'm not going to beat you up about your priorities. What I'm going to do is teach you what the Bible says about how you should actually think about and spend your time. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 5, if you're taking notes, check this verse out. The Bible says, this is Paul giving some kind of unique instructions. He says this. He says, be careful how you live. Now, that almost seems weird. That almost seems like buckle your seatbelt. Don't jump out of airplane. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. So we're dealing in the realm of wisdom here. He goes, make the most of every opportunity. The different translation would say, make the most of all your time. It's literally the Greek word kairos. There were two words that they would use for time. One was like a chronological use of time. The other one was about windows and moments of opportunity. This is that. He goes, make the most of your time, every opportunity that God's given you. Because what? Because the days are evil. How many know life has the ability to suck your time dry? Therefore, do not be foolish. Going back again to the, the tension of wisdom versus foolishness. But understand what the Lord's will is. So you know what he says? He says when you look at your time, the biggest question that you need to ask yourself is this question right here. What is wise? Now, how many of us schedule like that? Okay, good. Nobody raised their hand there, not, not one person. You know how we schedule our time? This is my experience in, in terms of how I think we schedule our time. This is how me and my wife, this is where we stumble into it too. People will come up to us and be like, hey, what do you got going on Thursday night? And we're, most of the time we're busy. So it's all, we're busy. Because that's what all people are, right? We're all what? Busy. But on those occasions where we're not busy, people will come up to us and be like, hey, you know, what do you, what do you got going on Tuesday night? I'm like, I don't know, babe, check the calendar. No, we're free. Yeah, let's do it. But we didn't, what we asked ourselves was the question, am I free? Are you, are you like that? Am I alone in this? Okay. All you're looking for is to say, am I free? And if I'm free, I'll go. Unless I really don't like you and then I usually lie and make up an excuse to get out of it. And that's what you do too. That's why you're laughing. So, 
Besides the lying part, what I want to get to is the root of it, which is the question is this. We usually, when we look at our time, we ask ourselves the question, am I free? But is that the question that Paul said you should ask yourself? Okay, y'all, y'all are like the first church of the frozen chosen this morning, okay? I need y'all to pep it up. Give me a little bit of love up here. I know, I know none of y'all are like, yes, he's getting on to me about my time. I know, but love me anyway. It's, it's my birthday for crying out loud. You got to amen me on my birthday. So... So you have to ask the question, is it wise? Like, what if you did that? What if, what if? Because many of us, we, we don't think about those things. Like, depending on like where your marriage relationship is, is that a wise thing to go do that? Or should you spend time cultivating and developing your marriage? Because we know that's important, don't we? But then we just sacrifice the important for the what? For the urgent. And so we say, well, am I free? Or would it be better for me to spend time with my kids because of what they're going through? Would it be better for me to spend time with the Lord? Would it better for me just to say no so that I could just rest and go to bed? Is it wise? As a matter of fact, if you want the even more profound version of it, this, this one's even the more profound version, it would say this, in light of my past experiences, is that wise? Like, like your buddy goes to, you know, ask you to go hang out and go do that thing and go to that place, and, and you're free, but in light of your past experiences, is that wise? In, in, in light, I could spend a whole day talking about this question right here, but just so you know. In, in light of my current circumstances, like some people ask you to go do stuff, and you know you're trying to knock out debt, and you're trying to pay down bills, and you're trying to get ahead financially, but you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, and they've asked you to go out and spend all this money going to this thing and that thing and dinner and all that, and you're like, but I don't want to look like I'm broke. And so my pride forces me to say, yeah, so I can look like I keep up with everybody else, but really in light of my current circumstances, the answer should be, it, it should probably be, hey, what about this? In light of my future hopes and dreams, in light of the fact that, you know, I had a guy in my office the other day who was saying, I really want to get out of debt and I really want to get ahead financially. That's your future hopes and dreams. So in light of that, what should you do with your time? And all these things begin to all of a sudden just dawn on us. Like there's a better way to use my time. And when I give God my time, he'll give me the margin. And the great things in life happen in the margin. In the margin, I spend time with God and then I live the rest of my day filled with joy. Filled with some fulfillment, ready to go, ready to do kingdom work, kingdom business, to be in the moment, to be about my father's business. Why? Because I spent time with God. You know what? When, I, when I'm in the margin, I have rest, which means this, I'm not cranky. Are you cranky when you don't get enough? I'm cranky. I'm, my wife has a name for me. I won't tell you what it is, but I'm grumpy. I'm not nice. What if I had more rest? I could actually love people as Jesus loves me. I mean, it would be amazing. What, what if I had... What if I had margin and I could spend time with my kids and, and not have to do the, the, the me time and the selfish time or just be busy and all that stuff? How amazing would it be? And some of you are in here today and you, 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 there, there's a pushback. Some of you in here, for example, like you type A people who are probably workaholics. I had this conversation with one of my employees. I said, like, you need rest. And it was like a foreign thing. Like, what are you talking about? No, I need to do more. Do you know this busyness? does not equal productivity. Did you know that? Busyness does not equal importance. Busyness does not equal meaning. It doesn't equal any of those things, does it? And some of you type A personalities are like, well, I won't get stuff done. Listen to me. I actually think the opposite. Because what I think you'll find for all you type A personalities who has to go, 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 do, 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 all the, all the, all the time, I guarantee you that if you begin to carve out time for rest, time for God, 
and time for the things that were important in life, you would actually become more productive. Because at the end of your life, you would look back and say, oh, well, I was busy, but I was only busy about the right things. Does that make sense? It's the difference between efficiency and effectiveness. Like efficiency is just doing, doing things well in good order. Effectiveness is doing the right things. See, like God wants you to be effective, not just efficient. Some of you type A, you're like efficient and you need to be productive because that's how you feel better about yours. Can, can I just help you real quick here? Get alone with your heavenly father and let him validate you and then you won't have to prove to the world how worthy you are. God will tell you how worthy you are. Yeah. Moms, you, you, listen to me. You deserve rest. You need it. Quit scheduling your kids into umpteen different activities that they don't need anyway. You know what they need more than anything? They need time with you. At the end of their life, what they will have wanted more than activities is time with you. I promise you, but it happens in the margin. You can't have them in 20 different things. How many of you constantly, don't raise your hands. How many of you constantly run late for everything? You know why you have no, uh, no time? You, you have no margin. That's what margin is, isn't it? Hey, like, like if it takes 20 minutes to get there and you got 30 minutes, here's a radical notion. Show up a few minutes early and be at peace. Because what's squeezed out of your life when you have no margin? I'll tell you what's put into it. Stress. Because you can't get nowhere on time. Listen to this last, last verse, last verse. This is an amazing verse right here. Psalms 90, verse number 12. This is one that you need to take to memory. This is one you need to think about and meditate on for the next few days. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This isn't just some kind of self-help thing. This is biblical. This is godly. God wants you to have margin so that you can live in the moment and experience the great things and be about kingdom business. But when you have no margin, there's no time with God. There's no rest. There's no time with the people that we love. And here's, here's I'm gonna close with this right here. I have a friend of mine who was diagnosed with cancer and was told he had six months to live. And I asked him, we talked about it. He goes, well, I'm doing this. I'm shutting this down. I'm finishing this because I know I'm gonna go spend time with every one of my uh, with my wife, every one of my kids, and every one of my grandkids, I'm going to put all my affairs in order. And the reason why he knew that is because he knew he was given an exact amount of time to live. Can I give you the radical notion? You have the same exact thing going on. You don't have an unlimited amount of time, do you? The difference was is he was just told he only had six months to live. Some of you, you have no idea how long you have to live, but I, we all know this, it's limited, isn't it? It's running out, and you don't get it back, and it's all going to be spent. So if you were given, if I told you today, and it scared you to death, but if I told you today you had a week to live, wouldn't you plan that next week? I mean, wouldn't you? I hope you would. I hope you'd think. I hope you would seek God and say, God, I've got a week to live. What is it that you would have me do in this, these final days? What do I need to take care of? What do I need to make sure that I finish and fix and, and put my hand on and speak to? We would we, do that, wouldn't we? Radical notion. 
You still only have a limited amount of time to live. What if we brought our time to God and said, God, I want you to be the author and the finisher of my story. I want you to be the author and finisher of my time. I want you to speak wisdom into how I make decisions. And you know, here's one of the best things I want to leave you. This is the most practical thing I can leave you with is this, is that we must have the courage to say no to good things so that we can say yes to the best things. Isn't that what he told Martha and Mary? He said, look, I know you got stuff you think in your mind. You've got to do. And some of you are here and you think your way is right. And I, it's, I've had a hard time trying to convince you. I'm telling you there's better things. As a matter of fact, there's best things. And God wants you to have the courage just to say no. Everybody, let's, let's practice. Everybody say no. no. Let's practice. Everybody say no. no. That scares some of you to death. Some of you need people to like you and you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And you have the hardest time saying anybody like that. You have a hard time saying no to things. Real quick, more. Everybody say no. no. Say it like no. no. Okay, like some of you hate that, so like let's be really nice about it. Everybody say no, thank you. Do like a little head tilt, <laughs> sympathetic smile. No, thank you. Everybody do that. Everybody say no, thank you. You can sometimes you can get you can get even more wordy with it and be like, I'm so sorry. That doesn't work for me. I'm so sorry. I'm not. But I, I want you to to have the courage to say no to good things so that you can say yes to the best things. Because when you begin to say yes to the best things, you know what you're gonna have? You're gonna have margin. And in the margin, you're gonna have these moments where you're rest and you're better for it. And you're gonna have time with God and you're gonna be better for it. And you're gonna have time with the people that you love and you're gonna be better for it. Can I get an amen this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you are not short on wisdom and insight. And so, God, we pray that we would take these thoughts and ideas and these truths and we would begin to apply them to our life. God, help us, Lord. Some of us need a schedule examination. Some of us need to ask some of these penetrating questions where we say, God, what is it that I need to remove? God, what is it that I need to say no to so that I can have some margin? Next question. God, what is it that I need to add back or put into my schedule that does not currently belong or does not currently live there? What, what, what needs to be added? What needs to be put? Some of you have never spent time with God on a personal, daily, devotional type level where you just say, you know what, God, I want to spend just 10 minutes with you this morning. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. I got my Bible. I've got this, I got this book. And God, I just want it for 10 minutes. Some of you think the world is going to fall apart if you're not got your hand on that thing for 10 minutes. Let me just help you real quick. The world's still spinning. It'll be all right. Last question is this, the question we need to carry with us. God, what is the wise thing to do with my time? What is the wise thing to do? In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, God, what is the wise thing to do? Because God, I want to experience your best. How many of you in here today say, Todd, that was for me this morning. There's some things I need to say no to. Slip your hand up in the air. There's some things I need to say no to. There's some things I need to remove. Keep that hand up in the air. This is between you and God. God, there's some things I need to remove. God, there's some things I need to add. Yeah. God, help us to be wise with our time and redeem the time for the days are evil. Father, I bless these people to walk out of this place knowing that, God, you are for them, that you are with them, that you love them, and that your wisdom is guiding them, God. Let them seek you first and foremost with every area of your life. But today, God, let our time be on our mind, God. 
God, it's all going to be spent. It's all going to be used up. It's all going to run out eventually. God, help us to be wise with our time, Lord. That is our prayer today in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Thank you again for listening to Jubilee Tri-Valley's podcast. For more information on Jubilee Tri-Valley Church, please visit us online at jtvchurch.org.